Hello, everyone. Welcome to Mission Driven. I am here today with Anthony Scandariato of Red Knight Properties. He is the co-founder of that company, and um, I appreciate your time today, Anthony. Thanks for, for being here. No, thanks for having me on, Monica. And Monica was on my podcast, too, uh, Discovering Multifamily. In the, in the way beginning, when it first started, I think you're episode nine, so definitely oh. check that out. Single digits. Yeah, definitely check out Anthony's podcast. You always learn something interesting about properties, multifamily properties, all of that wonderful stuff. Um, so I'll just, I'll jump right in, Anthony. What trends have you seen in real estate over the past year? Yeah, well, where do I start? Uh, but to put this in context, uh, my company um, acquires and operates and manages um, what I like to call workforce housing apartment communities. Um, so in the rental space, um, you have three different classes, kind of C, B, A. We're more, I would say, C plus, B minus. We're, we're, we're called affordable. Uh, in this country, there's an affordability gap, and there's been an affordability gap for, um, you know, apartments and just the cost of living in, in general, where, you know, the demand outpaces the supply in a lot of instances. So uh, what my company tries to do is to, to make, uh, you know, a quality living situation for, our tenants while also improving the community. So um, it's been really crazy. Uh, it depends upon where you are in, in the country, but where we invest, we have you know assets in the tri-state area. And we've seen a lot of benefit from you know people coming out of New York City or even there's some more we buy in mostly suburban, I would even call somewhat rural areas. Um, and we're seeing a lot of people move from, you know, more urban um, infill centers, uh, like, you know, Montclair in New Jersey is, is one uh, where we're getting tenants to move from. So there's a lot of that going on and that's having an effect on, a positive effect on rents, um, on, on vacancy, literally no vacancies, like barely the whole year. Um, people are staying put, um, you know, given, you know, we still have the COVID going on too. People don't really wanna move around that much. Um, and, but you've seen, you know, the effects on the rental market, I, I think it's gonna only continue. Um, I, I do think that uh, we're gonna see some inflation moving forward. So it, we'll see what that has an effect on home prices. It might be a little bit more, um, uh, depending upon what, what type of programs there are for mortgages, maybe more people qualify for a home now. We'll see, but I think in the grand scheme of things, um, you, you still have more renters than, than buyers right now. And I think it's gonna stay like that for a while. That's so interesting. I, I know it's definitely a seller's market right now because finding yeah. properties has been crazy for a lot of my friends that are trying to move um, and they are renting because they were able to sell their house for above asking and now they had nowhere to buy because they were required to spend phenomenally more than the asking yeah. price of that seller. Um, so what do you tell buyers like that? Just rent for now and then see what happens in a year and buy something then? Or is this, are we in it for the long term? Um, I think we're in it for maybe the medium term. So uh, I wouldn't say long term. It, you know, it, everybody's looking at interest rates and they're, you know, historically low. There's talking about creeping it up, but it all depends upon what happens with inflation. Mm -hmm. um, so I think if inflation does kick in, which I, I think it will, it will drive the price up of pretty much everything, um, but home prices um, in particular, but 
it also depends upon if the rates stay low. So if the rates go up, but inflation goes up, then you might be in um, a better spot in terms of pricing to, to go buy again. Uh, but if the rates stay low and inflation goes up, then who knows? I mean, it might be even more expensive. So yeah. um, it, it, it's all, it's so many different factors. I, I wish I had a crystal ball because if I did, <laughs> I'd be in a different spot, but. You um, wouldn't be on this podcast if you had that kind of money. <laughs> I'd still be on the podcast. Uh, we go way back. So um, yeah, so who knows, but we are seeing, you know, trends, as you just mentioned, um, very similar, so. Absolutely. So that kind of asks my my next curiosity of where are things going? And I think a lot of it just depends on the government, state and federal. It depends on inventory. Would that be accurate for both rental and purchases? Yeah. I mean, in terms of even, you mentioned even finding a quality home or even a quality apartment. I mean, there's like barely any apartment inventory. It takes, takes a while too. Um, yeah, people continue to stay put, um, or you know, especially in the suburban and, and more rural areas where we have, we've seen activity like what we've almost haven't seen um, in like a decade, because um, pretty much from what we've seen is it's very cyclical. So um, everybody moves to the city, and then ten years later they move out to the suburbs. So I think we're in this cycle. Like I wouldn't say we're just starting it, but maybe in like year two, year three. Um, so we'll see if there's a plunge back to the cities, but I think the COVID kind of exacerbated um, maybe a bit longer uh, cycle for suburban. Um, Absolutely. And, yeah. and people I know, even in the Bay Area, they it, it's phenomenally expensive. The ho housing problem in the Bay Area, and even maybe Manhattan, maybe Miami, maybe Austin, Texas, it's too much industry and, and big companies with big paychecks and people just get priced out of it. So yeah. for a lot of my, my friends, peers, family members, they are leaving the city and they're leaving yeah. it forever um, mm. because now you can work from home. Now you can work from anywhere. And I don't know about you, but a lot of my clients and friends have been working from crazy places. You can rent a cabin in Maine for a month. You can go to, well, it depends on the time of year. You can go down South you know, it's, you're kind of free to do what you want. So what do you think working remotely will do to real estate? Yeah, yeah, I think, um, and I, before starting my company, I worked uh, for an office uh, landlord for, for, for a number of years. Um, and we were kind of already seeing less and less people use, utilizing office space. Um, you know, obviously it depends what part of the country you are and what, what part um, what, what line of business it is in. If it's like a call center, then it's a little bit more dense. Um, but the traditional, like even law firm office space is just, it's, it's not as common anymore. Um, so I do think the work from home is, is definitely going to be here. I think there's going to be more of like, almost like a hybrid, right? So, you know, a few days in the office, a few days, you know, virtually. Um, and I think this past year, what everybody taught, you know, what, what, what we had to do is basically figure out a way to work from home. And a lot of even larger companies have, have figured it out. So we'll, yeah. we'll see um, what type of uh, effects it's going to have. I do, I do think it, it, it will affect certain types of real estate. But with, you know, if people are working from their apartments um, or their homes, then that's even going to drive up prices more of, of residential properties because everybody needs a place to live at the end right. of the day. Um, 
So, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Again, I wish I had a crystal ball. And I, I've seen a lot of apartment complexes, even before COVID, and some um, maintained properties where it's like townhomes and, and HSAs. They have um, areas specific to like a business center. And a lot of my friends, again, that live in areas like that, you have to rent time to be in that business center. So are you finding that that is a, a unique selling point for those kinds of properties? Or do you think it's just for now, not forever? Yeah, definitely. Because listen, I mean, people, they have Zoom fatigue now and they, they want to get out. The things are people are getting out again now, starting to, um, and even going back to the office, um, people were more productive there. There is, there is something about, to be said about company culture too and getting together um, and you know, the increase in productivity. There's so many different ways to um, determine the productivity. But uh, yeah, I, I think that that idea is, it is, a, it's still, it's, it's, it's still, I think it's still, I would say, I wouldn't say booming, but it's, it's still um, innovative. And uh, like there's, you know, Regis centers, there's so many, as you mentioned, the, the business centers, a lot of them popped up like within the past five years, I would say. Um, so there was definitely more of a trend of not needing to have an office space 20, you know, five days a week. Right. Um, so there, I think there'll be more repurposing of office space. Uh, you know, it obviously depends on, you know, the town and, and what they would approve. Um, but you'll see a lot of repurposing from that to like industrial. I see a lot of that, you know, to accommodate e-commerce and, and more digital, digi digitized companies mm -hmm. um, that have a product line. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens, but I, I do think that, um, you know, the, the traditional, you know, cookie cutter offices, I, I, it's, I wouldn't say dead, but it's, it's, you know, it's going to be less prevalent. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know companies are moving to the hot desking approach where you, yeah. again, you book time, yeah for that desk on that day, if you have an all hands meeting, for example, um, obviously that won't accommodate for the people that just hightail it to Oregon and cannot make it on, on site for those meetings. Um, but we have learned a lot of companies can operate remotely and yeah. it's just a matter of doing it intelligently so that you don't get Zoom fatigue and work from home fatigue, um, but it won't be like this forever. No, That's my no, opinion. Yeah, and it's interesting too, like at least, from our perspective too, is almost, I mean, COVID is almost a blessing and it's definitely a curse then. So, but it's, it was good because we had to adapt and we had to figure out how can we manage our properties remotely? Cause we didn't want to go to our properties for a while because we didn't know what's going on. Um, so we had to come up with innovative solutions through different softwares and different, you know, different methods. And we, we still have them because we think it's more efficient now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think I'm all about, you know, how, how to scale efficiently um, and, and, and smartly. Um, and I, I, I do think that many different technology, including Zoom, no one knew what Zoom was a year ago, did you? Uh, vaguely. Vaguely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, much, so much different technology has just come out within yeah. the past year um, and has allowed us to be more efficient. Uh, but I do think I, I, you know, I do think the the returning to the office is, is definitely coming back. It, it has started to, right. um, but it won't, it won't exactly be the same, a little different. We'll never be the same. And I don't know that we want to be the same. 
I think will be better. Sure. Um, so how have you made the most about, you know, working from home? Yeah, as, as I was saying, um, I, I think I think the systems are key. Um, I've never had Microsoft Teams before uh, or like a workflow system. I, I've had one, but it was a little bit more elementary. Right. So that's how we made the most. Oh, my whole team is on there. My property managers, my leasing agents, um, you know, my accountant, pretty much anybody you can name that has an affiliation um, is on there um, and just like I said, softwares, many different softwares. Um, I made the most, I started the podcast, the Discovery Multifamily, um, which, you know, uh, try to, I try to figure out a way to, to market uh, my company and myself. Cause that's, I mean, in the digital age now, I mean, that's, that's really to get the most bang for your buck is to figure out how you can uh, market yourself online. Right. Um, and a lot of that, um, as you're well aware of is through content creation. So um, figured out a way to kind of at least start, start my trajectory in, in that direction too. Um, so, yeah. And you're doing a great ways. job, by the way, with your, your podcast, your social posts, all of that's wonderful. It's good content. It lets people know where you are in the progression of a new property or um, what, what the cash out options are and what the exciting things are. So awesome yeah. job. Keep it up. Thank you. It could always improve. Uh, yeah, well, I'm not an expert. You do a great job with, with what you do. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it does take, uh, it does, it's, it is work, um, but there's a way to be smart about it. I think it depends upon if you're creative or not. I wouldn't say I'm the most creative person when it comes to marketing, but um, with, you know, uh, that's, that's why it's always good to surround yourself with, with experts, you know, like yourself for, yeah. for, for guidance. Yep. You don't know what you don't know until you have to learn it sometimes. So in the realm of technology and software that you're using, how have you connected with others besides Zoom? Yeah, besides Zoom. Um, how about Skype? <laughs> um, yeah, interestingly enough, Clubhouse. So that, that's been an interesting way to connect um, through different apps. So Shaper is another one. Um, I don't know if you have Shaper, if you've heard of Shaper. Um, I've heard of it. I've not used it. Yeah, it's professional networking. There's There was a few more that came out. Uh, i trying to remember the names. But we've been, a been able to make new form, new relationships, like without even meeting somebody in person from, you know, a different part of the, the country or even the world. Um, and it's, it's really fascinating. Most of that is through Zoom. Um, but at least at least for me, I think the medium for me to meet so many people last year virtually was was through the podcast because I invite them on. Yeah, it's a great excuse to strike up a conversation with somebody, get to know them a little more, and you both benefit in the end because you're posting it socially. Um, and even if it's five people, maybe three of those people are interested in investing in your yeah. company. Yeah, yeah, or, or whatever. It's it's really great. And you know, another thing that you just said is like you can get some like top level CEO, it's hard to get them on the phone, right? And have a conversation with them. But if you invite them on a podcast, oh, okay, yeah, sure, why not? Because it's about leveraging their time. So mm -hmm. if they can talk and they have an audience of potentially thousands or hundreds of thousands of viewers, then that, that's worth their time. And that's why I think you're seeing apps like Clubhouse starting to emerge because you can go in a room and have someone like Grant Cardone, he's in there all day. 
but mm. there's like 3000 people like in the room at the t- at the time so um you know even like facebook live i think that's a little bit different because you can't actually speak to grant right. uh, clubhouse a little bit different um so yeah it's it's been it's been really interesting to figure out different ways to communicate that's but awesome. still nothing beats the human interaction at the end of the day mm-hmm. nothing mm-hmm. um but it is it is really nice at least in the business world to figure out what's more efficient yeah absolutely and when we do get back to the in-person networking don't forget your hand sanitizer you know we've touched on this over the the conversation that we've had so far how have you used social media to help your business it's it's grown it a decent amount and that's just through my rudimentary posting um i can only imagine of you know having professed someone professionally doing it for at least me and my company because i'm really i'm not a professional um and it's it really has given me the ability to scale um i think it goes back to the podcast too and i think if you kind of create um regardless of how large or, or small your company is if you create a thought leadership platform that's a key that's like a term people throw around now basically if you're an authority figure on content marketing you know you who's the content marketing person she's always posting about content marketing you reach out to monica and, and her company or in my instance it would be the multifamily real estate i've always wanted to invest in real estate i always see he's doing cool things on linkedin or whatever and they re- people reach out um it's not i'm not shouting from the rooftop saying hey i got this great multifamily deal anybody want to invest in it it's no it's more of it's this is what i'm doing and um if you want to be a part of it great if not no no big deal but i'm not you know i'm just like this is what i'm doing and right. it's 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 a little bit different than the old cold call approach you know because i think that's as cold calling alive or is it dead what do you think um the sales coaches that i work with would say it's still alive <laughs> Oh, okay. I, less people are doing it. Is that why? Less people are doing it because it's not effective. And then how do you reach people now that they're working from home? They don't, unless their office phone, you know, sends it to their personal phone. Right. Um, I, I think that LinkedIn is the next frontier for cold calling, right? Because yeah. you can reach out to somebody and say, hey, saw your title and company. I think what you're doing is interesting. Do you want to be on my podcast? Do you want to have a 15 minute conversation and see how we can help one another? whatever your call to action is. Um, and it lets people know immediately who you are. Cause when you call, they're like, Oh, who's this Anthony guy? Um, yeah. versus if you're reaching out on LinkedIn, Oh, Anthony, I can click into all his profile, his posts, get to know him a little bit more without necessarily even engaging you one-to-one, right? right. So they can sample before they buy. Um, but in marketing, and I, I've said this a hundred times before people buy or engage with those that they know that they like and that they trust. So a lot of times it might be somebody that has some similar um, background to you or some similar hobbies and they get to know that by the posts that you post and the banter that you have in the response to a post. Um, and you know, LinkedIn is LinkedIn, that's professional. Facebook is Facebook and that should remain friends and family, but sometimes it veers on professional. Um, so catering to I'm the right market. A <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think a lot of solopreneurs are because you kind of, you have hundreds of people that are already connected with you on Facebook. It's an easy target. Right. right? Why not leverage right. that? Yeah. Right. right. But you also don't necessarily want to do business with 
your friends or your family in case it goes bad, then yeah. all of a sudden 150 friends are now 150 enemies. <laughs> um, so right time, right place, but then just being genuine and authentic and consistent, um, all of that adds up to what you're seeing a, a great, great amount of new followers and engagement. So keep it yeah, up. Yeah. No, it makes sense. And yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a thin line. Cause I see pe people do it and they're successful and then other people do it and they're not. And right. so it's definitely interesting. Um, definitely interesting. Okay. But, uh, so great. Anthony, my last question for you is what is your mission? Yeah. So I think it's twofold. And we were talking about it before the show even started. Um, uh, my mission is to, at least with Red Knight Properties, obviously, you know, provide quality housing, um, you provide affordable and quality housing, um, and, you know, improve communities that have been overlooked for years. Um, I think it's one. And then number two is to allow more, and I like working with individuals, allow more individuals to be on a path to grow their net worth um, and to increase their cash flow and hopefully eventually become financially free through through real estate in some in some capacity. So I, I think it's twofold. Um, I really enjoyed, you know, that the latter part, I enjoy both parts, but really the latter part too. Um, you know, I've seen what it's real estate, the power of real estate has done for me. Um, and I, I love sharing it and uh, with others, uh, especially, you know, uh, friend, close friends and family. Um, and, you know, when it's, when a deal is good and it's successful, it's, it's just really rewarding to uh, share that. So. Absolutely. And, and as a friend, not just a peer, I'm very happy to see how successful Red Knight Properties has become. So keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Really appreciate it. And, and likewise to you and your company. Thank you. So everyone, the show notes below will have all of Anthony's information. So reach out to him for investment opportunities or just to have an interesting conversation. Um, thank you, Anthony, for your time today. I really appreciate it. I know time is a little bit tight when you're running your own business, um, but I certainly appreciate it. And so does the audience. Thank you. This is great.